Yo, what is going on, baby? Nate Kennedy, the New Money Podcast, episode 23, A Frugal Investment Banker, How Tara Murphy Cuts Through the Noise of Bay Street. How y'all doing, man? Another beautiful day up in Ontario, Canada here. Really quick, guys, if you do listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a review down there, five seconds out of your day. Leave me a little review there. Helps the show get out there, et cetera, et cetera. Also, guys, DM me any questions you have. The New Money Mailbag. I usually do it on my Sunday episodes. And so any finance questions, anything that you know comes to mind about this interview or past episodes or whatever the hell, the market's starting to you know turn down a little bit. Maybe you're a little bit concerned. Anything, guys, please shoot me a message at the New Money Podcast. I got a real special interview for you guys this week. I sat down with Tara Murphy, who is a investment banker. She's a senior associate. Uh, with a firm in Toronto. And we just talk about how, you know, that job and that life is. And she's actually also a money coach. So we dive into that and, you know, talk about how she balances it, the importance of personal finance and kind of all the good stuff. It's a really fun interview. So let's just dive on into it, baby. To introduce you to the people, kind of walk us through uh, your backstory, your upbringing, and, and sort of what led you into um, your career. Yeah, okay. So I actually wasn't keen on the corporate finance side of things until I actually started working in the investment banking world. Yeah. I used to love the personal finance um, kind of regime. I, as a child, I was fascinated by money and credit and kind of how do people navigate through that and why is it different for everybody? Like why is this family have this car and this family doesn't? And you know, growing up in Windsor, it's, it's a small enough town that you can still see the divide and you can still kind of feel the differences with public and Catholic school. And so mm. I just was always kind of fascinated from a young age by money and what it can do for people or, you know, the value to different people. So somebody asked me when I was actually when I moved to Toronto and I was working in the hospitality, I was bartending. And one of my managers after work one day was like, Tara, what would you do if no one paid you and money wasn't an issue? And Mm -hmm. what would you do? And I said, I would encourage and teach people that, you know, like the value of money and help them of their finance like if nobody paid me to do it I would just help people kind of get in the mindset where like why are you guys so scared like yeah you know, yeah, it doesn't yeah. Have to be like a rich white old man thing mm-hmm. to be investing or you know well off like why right. aren't young people giving a shit about being financially stable like it makes no, no sense to me so no I just from from kind of a young age has have always been like you know, I, I think if you would ask anybody I went to school with, they would have said, yeah, she's going to be involved in business and, and finance in some capacity. It's yeah. just in my nature right. like that. Right, right. For sure. And now, so you said you're in investment banking then? Yeah. So now I work at a small uh, boutique investment bank and we kind of, essentially it's like the shark tank, but a way smaller scale. So we right. take, it's fun. We take like business. Yeah is that, uh, you know, startups that are really interested or real estate or mining or cannabis ventures that are really interested in um, becoming public or merging mm. or want to sell their business. And we kind of help them build out their board of directors, raise money, um, mm. and fine tune their ideas. We hire, do like some of the internal hiring. So we do all sort of things to like build the business mm. and, and 
we take them public on the stock market. So what's really awesome about my job now is I have seen the back end process of a company not even wanting to go public to mm. public and a public company on the stock market with their own ticker symbol. And right. so it's cool to watch an idea go to like, now you're a public company. Like yeah. and buys, you know, my boss and people in the front, we advise for companies that we have taken public or sometimes we just, you know, hand them off. Um, but it's a really fun kind of like mini shark tank in a way where I get to watch the businesses grow. So it's, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Right. And so with investment banking, uh, I'm not uh, too, too familiar. Yeah. Are there, are there tiers of IB where like you have your sort of your bigger firms that go after the darlings and then you have like lower tier firms that go after more risky startups? Yeah, so there's um, like ours is a boutique firm, which basically means for like smaller cap and like the smaller raises before you would go to the big bank. So okay, the big banks in the city, your Canaccords, like Haywoods. There's a lot of huge firms that kind of like wheel and deal all the time. They have <laughs> yeah, and people they're taking public. Our investment bank kind of finds finds the ones we want, and they're a baby, and then we take yeah. care like our children and yeah. You know, we like massage the relationships and do everything there and operate them like they're ours. Mm. Um, so that's the beautiful thing about working with a small firm that I can kind of dive into all different aspects of the IPO process mm. and advisory process. Um, but yeah, there are definitely huge companies. Like if I was to go and work for another investment bank, you know, maybe I'd see like 30 deals a month, right. a year or whatever. Right. And right. They just keep coming and, companies keep going public and it's all so there's different kind it's like anything else there's like you know your retail investments and your whole so it's the same with an mm. banking scale it's just i work for a smaller firm for sure and you know i i have some friends um that are just graduating that are going into that um sector and and i from what i've heard it's it can be pretty grueling pretty intense <laughs> you know grindstone just hard you know what I mean so kind of take me through that take me through your role specifically and um is that a misconception or is it damn hard you know what I, I wouldn't say like hard is it's a tough tough balance because I think like I said I've I've kind of grown into loving this so if I didn't mm -hmm. love it I might think it's a lot harder or taxing right but yeah, you'll see people in my life that are like you never are without your phone like you can't yeah. Um, you know, even if I'm away, you know, 10 weeks a year on vacation, I'm not ever on vacation. I'm always, mm -hmm. you know, accessible via phone. And um, I can never really truly unplug because like I said, at my firm, when we take on these startups and these companies and invest our time and money and energy into them, like that's our baby. Exactly. So children, you know, like we nurture them and so we can let them go. So it is kind of grueling. Like I don't mm. want to it's an easy job where you can clock in and clock out and you're done mm -hmm. uh, you know you have to put in the work when you have to put in the work but there's definitely the benefits like if you love it like I do and like anybody who's in the field does like you really need to work on that balance otherwise you'll be consumed with work and or it will pass you by and then you miss the boat so you kind of always have to have one foot in the door regardless if you want to like we were doing a deal I remember Last year, Christmas Eve, we were all still working and like grinding mm. on the phone with each other, you know, and then right. it's mid-August and nobody's doing anything because everyone's at the cottage. So it's like a really, you have to go with Ebb the and flow. 
Yeah. So it's not a, it's not an answer where it's like, it's not a misconception for sure, but mm, if mm. you enjoy it, it doesn't feel as like daunting as it sounds on the outside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so your what's your role specifically? And like, what does your like day to day uh, life look like? So it's fun. My title is senior associate at the investment bank, but every day that's why again like I'm, I'm a big preachy on the small firms and there's benefits of both but i get to mm -hmm. wear a million hats like sometimes i'm doing ir investment relations work sometimes i'm doing marketing for the go public transaction sometimes i'm working on like a whole day or two or three days will be just due diligence on a mm -hmm. new deal like to make mm -hmm. sure you know legal everything is compliant and up to regulatory standards so every day is a little bit different but I work directly with the managing partner, so it's been really advantageous for me because I can learn and soak and hear and be involved in high-level processes as well as like from the ground up what's involved. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that goes into the process from like here you have a company, we listen to your pitch, we like it, from the raising to getting to know the people, managing the people, building out a board of directors. Um, figuring out the strategy for go, like working with lawyers, making sure we're compliant. There's a whole audit that people don't realize has to be done before mm -hmm. go public. So if your auditors are taking a long time, like everyone's kind of at a standstill. Mm -hmm. It honestly sounds kind of boring when I. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm I'm very intrigued. Okay, it sounds like if you're not really interested in the back end and you're more interested in like the day trading when it is public, um, it does sound boring, but really there's so many steps from like I have an idea till I'm a public company yeah. that it's fun for me because I get to be involved in every one of the steps essentially mm -hmm. that I need to be and want to be. So it's been a really, at other firms, I think at bigger firms, they would probably narrow those down like somebody's in charge of the audit, somebody's in mm -hmm. charge of due diligence, somebody. But mm -hmm. for us, we kind of put on whatever hat is needed that day. And some t some days, I'm not going to lie to you, it's not 365. I'm sitting here like, I love my job. I love my job. Yeah, yeah. Overall, you know, I love what I'm doing. It, it's just like sometimes the paperwork it piles up and it is what it is. But Absolutely. Absolutely. So with a job that's um, considerably demanding, uh, I, from what I've seen, you're, you're a money coach as well. You, you, yeah. you have a few clients. How do you balance um all of that and is is that a is that a side hustle for you is that a second job or is that just a passion project you're doing so before i got into investment banking i was really into like all my securities licensing and everything i took i was doing like personal finance classes and on my on the way to my cfp mm -hmm. um, and then the investment banking came along and i decided i love this corporate finance and want to learn more so um, about two years ago now, I started running, and at first it was just women workshops in the wellness community in Toronto. There's quite a big community of naturopathic doctors and um, like women here are, who are kind of running this like female movement. And mm -hmm. I realized that that there was no conversation about money in this yeah. wellness community, like at all. And you know, like these chicks spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on bread like this and whatever, last this, what, like whatever, right? Right. Yeah. There's no discussion at any of these panels or events or like anything about money. And I know it's predominantly a male whatever focus, but I'm like, hello, ladies. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's easy to be involved. You have to just like be in the know and actually, you know, give a shit about 
understanding. And once you do, then you can start to pivot in a way that even their businesses in the wellness world can succeed further. So Mm -hmm. I started doing workshops that were like kind of wellness and finance mixed workshops. And we, my, my partner in that was, is a naturopathic doctor. And she's like, Tara, I think a lot of these women are finding the fine, like they're coming for you, you know, yeah, yeah. like they all are, you know, know what they should be supplements they should be taking and whatever. So I started to realize like, oh, maybe they are like, maybe they do. I thought it's like anything, right? When you're spewing stuff, like how I do with money, I think everybody already knows. Yeah. So sometimes I forget that people don't and it is uncomfortable mm-hmm. for them and they do have to kind of like it's daunting. So I'm trying to, with the coaching and with the classes and everything I'm doing outside of the investment bank, it's kind of a small movement on my part that's just, hey, we can talk about it. You feel guilty that you have debt. Well, so does like 80% of North America. So absolutely, just like cut the shit and talk about it and start to mm. you know, be honest about what issues you have with money let's lay them on the table and talk about them and kind of strategize a way forward you know Mm -hmm. people are are, especially women I find are like really uncomfortable going to an advisor in a bank on Bay Street like where they're intimidated and they don't even know what to ask Mm -hmm. so I feel like at the very least with my classes and the coaching and the things I can do is I can help them at least become comfortable with what they're talking about in relation to their money um I think I'm like a living, like when I tell people, I just bought a rental home. I bought my condo. I've been to 40 yeah. plus. Like, I, I feel like you can't, I'm not lying to you, you know, yeah. like I'm yeah. just yeah. trying to, and I can't solicit them for my firm. So they know it's coming from a place of, you know, a, a good place. I'm not trying to clip a fee off of their, yeah. you know, like giving them help and coaching them so it just it started as kind of like a passion project kind of like freebie thing I was doing for people and turned more into a hey this is valuable stuff that people Mm -hmm. should be talking about and if and if the conversation isn't started you know I have a lot of people that say hey I took finance classes in university which I did too and I was on probation because I didn't do well in them like to be honest Mm -hmm. but yeah they teach you in school is not what you should be applying to your day-to-day finances and or investment strategies, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's like a lot of different ways and books. And I think that the market out there with books and everything is so saturated that people don't even know what to read. Where to start. Yeah, it, it is. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And um, why do you think that there's this taboo? I mean, you know, you touched on how it may be intimidating for women, which is completely understandable with respect to like Bay Street and like big business and oh my God, what the heck. Um, but why do you think in general for, for everybody, um, something that's so friggin' like involved in our lives is just like, you know, hush, hush. I just, I don't know. It's the same as you. Like I listened to some of your podcasts today before this one. Just Thank like, you. Okay, let's get the five you know? <laughs> And I'm just like you. You're like, you're like, baby, let's talk about it. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. The same, it's the same sort of, yeah. Like I, I have the same vibe as you where I'm like, right. it isn't scary. Like it's just money. Like we all mm-hmm. spend it. We all earn mm-hmm. it. We all need it. So like, why aren't we talking about it? And if somebody asked you, like I always say, especially like I'm teaching a class on Tuesday and it's my investing class and I always tell them and I show them a calculator of like compound interest and I have them put in their numbers. And when they see the results of you can have a thousand dollar investment, diligently save like about five grand a year with weekly injections, 
and mm. you can be a millionaire in 30 years, like passively, easy. Crazy. And, and people yeah. think you need a lot of money. The word investing carries weight of a lot of money um, mm-hmm. you to have like a particular income or salary. You need to be a certain age, look a certain way, whatever. And all of that is, a, is, is complete bullshit. You, you can do mm-hmm. what you want with your money when you want to. And the earlier you start, like you preach it all the time, you know, like the mm-hmm. earlier better, how to get mm-hmm. rid of student loans, whatever. It's, it's like, I don't understand why people go out there and work so hard and they don't put their money to work. Like yeah. that's, that's a, it's a, exactly, exactly. And you know, it's, it's interesting too, because um, I think in pop culture and, and, and movies and things like that, I, I guess that, that, that might be a culprit to some degree, because it kind of propagates that sort of stereotype of, um, you know, what, having money means and you know it's it's sort of an emphasis on making money not keeping money because like keeping money isn't gonna sell you know what i mean like hollywood's not talking about budgeting right right you know what i mean and and passive investing they should be but what they're talking about is the big bucks the wolf on wall street all that kind of stuff and so um you know as i ask more people that question it, it kind of crystallizes in my head more that like um I don't blame society. Like it's, it's just, it's a mixture of everything. I mean, at the end of the day, it's up to you. If, if you're out here being reckless, like at the end of the day, it's, it's up to you. Right. Yeah. And that's what I see a lot of times, like through books I was reading younger, like in university, when I took finance, I was reading books and, and you know, it, there's what there's books like smart woman finish rich or smart couples finish rich. And they give you scenarios where two people Actually, one person makes way more a year than the other person. And then in the end, this person that makes much less a year has like millions or hundreds of thousand dollars plus like more than the person who has just been living on a $200,000 salary because of the way that they've managed their money. And at a young age, I thought like, if everyone just knows this, why aren't people doing this? Like if Mm -hmm. you ask a question at 20 years old, maybe not 20, 25, 30, 35 Hey, if you can suck up five grand a year to invest and we give you $700,000 in interest for the next X years for you to retire five years earlier, what's mm. your answer? Yes, every time. Hey, yeah. dear, you want to invest in the shit ass market because of coronavirus to make 47% next year because that's the historical average? Right. Like, there's nobody that would look at you and say no. But yeah. how many of those people are going to do something about it? Like, probably 10%, right? So it's just really that's sad. Generous. Yeah, like just look at people kind of like we have this gift of knowledge and it's actually right there at our fingertips and if you don't take it like you're the like you're the one to blame you know like we are our own worst enemies so Mm -hmm. it just shocked me like I knew from a young age wow this option exists for people it's like in the numbers and historical data and facts almost and Mm -hmm. why aren't adults that are making this money doing this like they're dumb and like mm. I used to think as a kid like what yeah. is, like we work so hard is my point like everybody works so hard mm. like why would you settle for not being wealthy when it's just discipline is what you need like that's literally all you need is a plan exactly. a little bit of discipline and you can be wealthy like not just have money today but like later you know for sure for sure so you know in your industry, it's it's quite lucrative, from what I understand. And um, you know, you kind of touched on how you know people with a lot of money just can end up broke. And so, yeah, uh, 
sort of take me through, you know, peers, colleagues, whatever. Do you see that there's uh, a high emphasis on status versus actually like cash flow and keeping your money? Is it is it kind of like a, a race where, um, you know, people are living paycheck to paycheck, even though they're making so much in, in your sort of like space? Yeah, so it's really interesting because I'm the youngest part of my team and I'm the only woman on my team and I so it's like a bit of a different like I have different glasses when I'm kind of watching them you know and I'm learning from all of their mistakes like I have you know mentors and colleagues who are like oh when I was your age and I was in this business and I was like oh this stock you know blew it like on King Mm. Street out there partying bottle service whatever so I think it's advantageous for me because I watch and learn and I and am not kind of that way anyway yeah. so, um that doesn't appeal to me but for sure there's like a stigma in the toronto bay street world definitely where it's like a show pony vibe mm-hmm. so i mean but that's not to say anything of even my industry it's the same as you said in hollywood it's like a you know people have beautiful homes and beautiful cars but then they have no money to fill their homes with furniture you know? <laughs> yeah. the house poor yeah at it so it's the same I find in the city, it's the same in the investment world. Like I see people that have like million, like really expensive watches, but wearing running shoes. And mm. I am like, I back that because you're in here just comfy doing your thing and you have a nice watch because that's what you like. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fortunate to work with a group of people who aren't really show ponies. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. And we're kind of like a humble down to earth, like family in my, in my firm. So it's really nice, but you definitely see like we go for business lunches and you can kind of thin slice through the people sitting there like, okay, you're dressed like this, but I wonder what your bank account looks like Yeah, dressed like this, but you probably have a net worth double of it. Like not that I get people like that at all anyway, but because you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. Exactly. You know, you, people people size up others all the time and people that say oh i don't like there's like you said thin slicing and uh i I can definitely believe that especially in in, you know on bay street things like that just yeah you know leveling up and things like that but you read read the book if you know what thin slicing is pardon i think thin slicing came from outliers the book so it did (laughs) but i was listening i was listening to uh with malcolm gladwell right yeah yeah I, I was listening to this podcast. I was talking about that like thing. So I haven't read it yet. I've heard a lot of good things. Actually, really quick, tell me, tell me yeah. about that book. Like, it, I've heard like so many good things. I read it like years and years ago, but that stuck with me. Thin slicing was like, and I was like, oh, that kind of explains what people that do it already do. Like, it's like you're looking at somebody and you can thin slice right away. Yeah. It's like first impression, but in a way that's called thin slicing, where you can literally break it down and put them in like a category. But right. advantageous in like a business sense or when you're trying to deal with people to be like, I notice you because of this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like coming up with a first impression with like an algorithm. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. I define it as. So, yeah, I mean, I don't look li- at people like that, but like I'm the same. I barely own anything that has a name brand on it. I like to wear things that are black and don't give a shit where it was made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, like, I just come from a place that I find value in like quality not just by the brand or the show Mm. I kind of find I like I like those guys who are rich and have lived in the same house for 30 years yeah you know like that could be my kind of alley in Mm. mine for sure for sure for sure so with your career and 
and your coaching and your investment banking. Take, take me through some uh, challenges that you've had in your career in, in both. So maybe some challenges in investment banking as an associate and then uh, some coaching troubles maybe that you've, you've had to uh, overcome. Okay. So first of all, this isn't really to do with the investment banking, but prior to going into finance, I wasn't sure, sure I wanted to go into finance because I mm. thought it was so daunting. I thought, okay, like I started at the investment bank, I think three and a half years ago now, and I was very, very weary to start there. Mm -hmm. Like at first mm -hmm. I thought, okay, maybe I'll do this part time and see. Yeah. Got off of like a five month travel bender and I was kind of in a gypsy lifestyle and it's so different. So it took me kind of, actually it took me like a, quite a few months to realize like, you know, it's okay to ease my way in and I can still create the life that I want and the balance I want, even in this corporate environment, because mm -hmm. I'm like you and everybody else who thinks, whoa, the investment banking world, I will have no life. I'll never be able to travel. Like this is it. So like mm -hmm. deal with the devil. So it was kind of, that was tough for me. That was a tough transition and challenge. But I realized like you can have both and definitely can do both. And that like leads me to why I've started coaching and doing these classes because first and foremost, like I am a work to live kind of person, not live. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to be going to the office every single day to pay for the condo I own. I can Damn straight. Yeah. You know? So I wanted to make that like a central line in my mm -hmm morals and values going into working at an investment bank because I didn't want to sell my soul type of yeah. <laughs> so that was a challenge to kind of get over the hump of like this is a stigma in the banking world it is enough of a reality to kind of speak true to so many people so I had to find a fit that was good for me um so that was a challenge and I don't think a lot of people actually you're the first podcast I've ever done that's a male but a lot of the women that I podcast with or have asked me always really are, are kind of in tune of this like gender bias that happens. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest, like I don't feel that as much as an age bias and, mm -hmm. and I don't feel the bias in a negative way. It's just because I still don't even look my age now. A lot of people, you know, assume I'm green or naive or whatever working in the industry, which I still have so much to learn if I'm mm -hmm. honest. I want to think, but um, like I just turned 30 years old this year. And I bet you, if you ask 10 out of 10 people, they would never think that. So a lot of times I, I get confused as like uh, the secretary or the, so that, that kind right. of, that kind of thing is tough. So it's yeah. like, I just need to get more wrinkles and, and that will go away. Like <laughs> um, I don't find too much like the, the challenge with gender. I have, I have a hard time because I know there's so many women that struggle with that, but I mm -hmm. get fortunate in that I have used it in the same way that it used me. Like, you know, I bring something different to the table to my firm that the men don't bring. And I see mm -hmm. that advantage. Mm -hmm. I connect with people's wives and I can connect with women who have money and I can connect with women who don't have money and are trying to, to, you know, become avid investors or accredited or so I bring a different skill set just by being a woman to the table that I don't think is a disadvantage. Absolutely. So it's weird to say that. And I know that I'll probably get some heat from having that opinion, but <sighs> no, you know, I, I really, I like the way you think about it. And, um, like for me in my life, 
with with everything, I always I always want to find leverage, right? I, where where can I pull leverage from? Can I pull right. it from? Like it doesn't matter where, I'll pull yeah. it if I can, right? And so the fact that you're leveraging, that you're different, that you're a female, that you're able to uh, network more effectively with wives and 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 um, bring a different way of thinking about things to the table is incredibly valuable. And I think that so many women, um, um, I don't want to speak on how they should think because yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know what they're struggling through. But at the same time, I. I love for them to, you know, bring their strengths forward and, 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 you know, bring their value that I know they have to the table. Yeah. So I think that's a different, I think it's really interesting too, when people always ask me those kind of questions and they expect kind of the same status quo answer. Mm-hmm. And instead I, I have been like taken under kind of the guys that I work with their wing as a sister and a family and, you know, a different value. So it's been like a nice combination of, I've had to kind of check them sometimes and be like, hey, I have to do this a little bit different because I am a woman and I don't want to be approached in this way. But, you know, they pivot with mm-hmm. me and understand. And it's kind of nice in that in that regard because sometimes they have to check themselves like, oh, yeah, you're a chick. Like, okay, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like opposite. Then I think a lot of people ask that question would go, you know, in their yeah. direction of answer. But I'm like you, I always want to find the advantage of what I have. Like I am who I am. I'm not going to, you know, change and I, I'm not a man, so I can't do anything about that. But yeah, well, you, I guess it's like the same way you do here. I, I, like I said, I listened to your stuff today and I, I resonate with, I always like to make sure everything I do, whether it's like a brand who's like, Tara, here's a brand mm-hmm. we want you to work with or at work or same as the businesses we choose. Like it always has to resonate. So when I watch what you're saying and it connects obviously with the same kind of movement that it's like open your eyes. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah. I just really connect with, with what you're doing and like, you know, from a personal finance perspective and a corporate finance perspective, there's so much out there and there's so much opportunity for people, especially now. So I just hope that people continue to be inspired. Right. For sure. So with your career and you know, you said that you want to, you know, learn more in the industry, grow, things like that. Uh, with personal finance being your, your first love and something that you're very avid in right now, do you see yourself scaling that into something bigger and, and going after that and, and starting this big, I don't know, business around it? Or do you see yourself sort of continuing down a similar uh, path that you're on right now? You know what? I'm not sure because it like I started those workshops two years ago and I you know, taught my first online class this year because of COVID. So they had to be online and I'm really loving it. So although um, I love the investment banking, it's really tough because, you know, I'm pivoting towards these master classes right now because of COVID. But when I was in the office this week to move offices, the buzz of just being back in the office and even talking about, you know, the deals and what fall's going to be like. And after COVID, it's like, putting me between a rock and a hard place. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I'd hope to do both. Like I'd hope to be able to continue to inspire and motivate. And maybe I'll write some sort of a book or do something that I can kind of put my own spin on what I'm trying to teach in a way that doesn't take away from the investment banking experience that I'm also after. Because there's something about building businesses too that really makes me tick and seeing them flourish from just like an idea on paper like anybody else is really 
really magical too. For sure, for sure. And I, I feel like as you go, you're going to figure that out and, and lean into whatever you think you can do best and, and makes, brings you the most fulfillment and things like that. So that's, I mean, you're, you're in a good position, I'd say. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm going to ask you the same, but I guess it's, I'm not supposed to be asking you the question. Oh, no. Please ask me, ask me, please. Yeah, yeah, I want to know because because you're interested, obviously, in the investment banking space, whereas most people like really want to hone in on the personal finance stuff. So I'm interested mm. as to like what your ratio would be in in your interest. Because I even heard you talking about IPOs and stuff on your right. investment podcast. So right, right, yeah, no. So I, it's funny um, because I I I just graduated like about a month ago technically speaking, okay. and um, I graduated uh, consumer behavior, I'm in marketing, um, so more so like, uh, you know, sales, things like that, so I'm starting up with PepsiCo in a week, I, I start okay. a week and a bit on uh, June 1 in, in their sales leadership program, and I think for me, um, I love um, working with people, I'm a big people guy, that's, that's my thing, um, but I've always sort of had that finance tick but not necessarily like corporate finance like yeah. personal finance and that's it's always been this sort of side project and, and similar to you i saw that there was asymmetry amongst my friends amongst colleagues amongst people older than me young yeah. like i mean like i listen i like you said i got a shit ton more to learn myself right but i'm like damn you know there's 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 some stuff that should be happening that's not happening so um my buddies and i uh, did a podcast, uh, a sports podcast. And so I had a little bit of experience and I was figuring out last summer, I was like, man, I, I want to do something. Like, I just had this sort of like, like, I'm just sitting here, you know, talking to my buddies about how people should do this and that. I'm like, why don't I just like do something about it? Talk so, to the people about it. Ex exactly. Exactly. So I, I just wanted to, you know, put my, put my voice out there and, and see, we'll listen. And uh, that's basically where I'm at right now. And then moving forward, um, like you said, like I'm trying to figure that out too. I'm going to see how this, how this, you know, uh, leadership program goes and, um, with, with this podcast and maybe try to build something around it. Like I'm starting on YouTube soon, trying to like work, ranch out, see where it goes, um, yeah. and just grind my face off. And, and if I, if I can blow this thing up, like, why not? You know yeah. I mean? So that's, that's pretty much my thing. For you. Like, and that's the same with me. Like, I don't know what direction I'm going, but it kind of depends on, you know, like this COVID, I wouldn't be teaching online classes. We wouldn't be having a podcast via Skype if mm -hmm. COVID didn't exist. It's like connected so many more people digitally. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, the conversation of money now I'm, I'm seeing with millennials, it's like a little bit more of at least a peak of interest, whereas probably baby boom ages, like you didn't talk about it and talk yeah. about your family's money You didn't talk about your money. You know, you didn't say like, anything it was just i either can do this or i can and it's like to zip your mouth like a shame mm -hmm. or whatever so i find there's so many different avenues with money and it's funny mm -hmm. with because you have all of this interest in all of these different realms of finance like i do and right. did and i think you'll just find yourself you know gravitating obviously towards you're more comfortable i guess with people because you you know, with the podcast and everything. So sales may be right up your alley, but mm -hmm. in the investment banking and the finance world, there's also a huge, you know, sales side of people, yeah. people component of dealing with people. And some of us that like to be more behind the scenes, like 
you know, don't really want to be the face of whatever, but there's people like you who are just natural. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really interesting that you have this. It's like me. I had like this inherent kind of interest in finance, fell into a job and kind of have moved and grooved as it came. Mm -hmm. um, you might see yourself in five years from now talking about the same journey. Yeah, no, no doubt. And I mean, like, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I'm very open to change. I, I'm, I'm not fixed at all. I don't just because I went to school for one thing doesn't mean that I can't pursue anything right. that I, I'd like to. And, and I'd say that to people as well. Like, I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of people put themselves in boxes and, and limits, right. you know what I mean? And, um, you know, we all have our limits, but I, I feel like they're a lot, a hell of a lot, um, less than people think. And so, yeah, you're very much right. I could find myself in more in, in your world or, um, and I, and I've, it's funny you say that cause I've heard that before. Like people are like, well, why are like, you're so like money oriented. Like you'd think you'd be in, in finance. And I was just like, yeah, cause I don't know. I don't know. Because it's like me. You're like me. And you're like, if I go in finance, I'm selling myself to, to <laughs> like, that's how it, honestly, like probably right. four years ago, I was literally with a backpack in Asia no flight home, chilling, being like, I don't want the corporate life. That's the opposite of what I'm doing and preaching. Mm -hmm. now. So what, like, who am I? Like, when right. this, like, am I psychopath? Like, who am I? <laughs> and it's, you know, I've just learned in that time, like, the money. And even if you're doing this, like, no one right now is paying you to sit and talk to me about money. When somebody asked me, probably seven years ago now, if nobody was paying you and what would you sit and you would do, look what you're doing. You're talking about money. So to me, it's like outside looking in, I see my brain who was, who was like young and had all these different, you know, like I was like, oh, I could do this and this and this and I want a big system and this so I can grow and elevate myself. And I just kind of landed where I landed now and it's really what you create. And I just mm -hmm. see for you so much of my same experience as I enjoyed talking about money and I go and I was looking at my Amazon books just to tell people people were asking me finance books I like I was looking like oh you could see what you bought in 2013 and 12 and their finance books like mm -hmm. back then eight years mm -hmm. ago buying the same books that I'm recommending now so you know just something to think about if you're obviously finding so much passion in it to do it on the side then you can really turn it into you know, like, just remember your value is what I'm trying to say to you. Absolutely. No, and I really appreciate that for sure. And um, yeah, I, I like, again, like, if, like you said, if, if I could do one thing, it's, it's get paid to do what I'm doing right now. Right. Uh, that's, that's pretty, pretty much it. So if when I keep at this, and if that happens, then, you know, like, yeah. God willing is always what I say. I yeah, don't, I don't I like speaking even to like other graduates and other schools and people to mm. just educate and inform or liaise for like other people interested in like we all graduated with a Bachelor of Commerce. No one really mm. knows what the hell that is at the end of the day. Like I had yeah. to take marketing, I had to take HR, I took my right. business one, you know, like we all go through the classes, but really like I'm telling you, those finance classes had nothing to do with the Experience I have working. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the paper of course is worth it. Like I'm not saying it's not, but we all graduate with a bachelor of commerce and like have no idea where we're supposed to land. What sector and things yeah. like that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I appreciate that. Thank you, thank you so much. Uh, you, got me think you got me thinking now. You got me thinking. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, I guess segueing, you know, 
how have you been with this whole situation? Uh, you were just saying that uh, your company is doing a move um, in the near future. Um, you know, how have you pivoted in your life, career, just general well-being with, with all the craziness going on? Yeah, if you want my, like, opinion today, it's going to be like, oh, today's an 8 out of 10. We're having a conversation about money <laughs> on the side. Yeah. If, you're, like, if I'm being totally honest, which I think I am with all of my following and people in general, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not easy. It's really not easy going from working with my team every day and feeling that constant, like, buzz and motiva- motivation to, like, solo in my house trying to figure out Zoom and my Wi-Fi is not working. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, when it rains, it pours. And I feel like personally as somebody with some sort of anxiety about control, there's nothing I can control in this. So I probably had to find peace with, like, this is going to be over soon. Enjoy the moment. Like, gratitude, big time. Mm-hmm. Right? I do have and where I am. Sorry, the sirens are really, really bad. But, um, yeah, I just feel like, of course, it's not easy. I'm not quite in the extrovert, you know, column where I see those people struggling, like reaching for handouts and needing the phone calls. And I'm not quite in the introvert category where I'm really cool to be at home for three months. Yeah. Like, so I've kind of been like some days I want to jump off the balcony and other days, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, like how honest do you want? Like some days it's been really tough to be like, okay, I'm looking out at all the other boxes with people in it, feeling mm-hmm. depressed. And yeah. then other days I'm like, okay, how can you pivot your business? And how can I still, you know, that's where the coaching came from because I wouldn't have all this time and weekends and nights to be able to coach people and talk to people and do all of this if I, it was patio season i'm out of here exactly. yeah yeah no no doubt no doubt so you know and kind of on that note how do you think kids you know around my age young adults in general young professionals whatever can 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 turn this into an opportunity for themselves what would you say if you if you had a few words for that look like i would say definitely use this time to do some self-reflecting you can't you like you can't have interviews. I don't know if people are interviewing for how many positions when everyone's being laid off. Like that's not right. gonna happen. So give yourself like a realistic it's the same as I talk about in my finance classes. You will not be successful financially if you don't have a plan, A. Mm-hmm. You don't have any discipline, and B, and you can't delay your goddamn gratification. C. Like you everybody in life the reason a lot of people are like, what's your keys to success and like your number one thing financially or not and if you can delay your gratification whether Michael Jordan or me or Warren Buffett or whoever if you can balance your life and like have your present gratitude with a plan for the future and delay gratification for today you will be wealthy you will be happy you will be abundant it's just like my one plus one equals two is pushing all of goals to their maximum comforts and patience and all of those things that we're not really good at by default and mm-hmm. I think that young people should you know take this time to reflect and come up with what their plan is what's my six month plan what's my one to three year plan what's my five year plan yeah it's going to change probably like 30 times you know mm-hmm. maybe by tomorrow but have peace with what your plan is and if you're type a like me that will really help you get through this COVID time, and when it comes to money, like, start taking what you have, anything extra outside of your comfort, 
and safety basket and everything that you should be having and start investing because like see an advisor, find somebody you can work with, start investing because if you're 25, I'm telling you, and you start with five grand a year, that's a lot at 25, but after 30 years, you'll be looking at a million dollars and more than half of that's coming from interest, not coming from yeah. you, you know? Yeah. So like, that's like simple A plus B equals millionaire. And that's the kind of stuff if you're a new, if you're a young person, you know, like I took my OSAP, my first investment ever was an OSAP. I was like, oh, I don't actually need all of this. Thanks for the grant because I was working mm -hmm. at the time mm -hmm. and I invested it as a student Straight and I'm like, play and I think I was 21 years old and, mm -hmm. you know, people that keep their cash and they put in a savings account have a psychology that goes along with that. And a lot of people in the investment world, even people that make a lot of money in the investment world don't understand getting that psychology aspect in check, you know, you can't be with the sheep. If you're with the herd and you're with the sheep, like exactly. that's all you're going to be, you know, in any sense of the word, but especially in money, like you have to separate yourself from the norm, be diligent with, even if it's $50 a month, I swear to my cousin is just graduating. She takes my classes. She's like, Tara, I'm putting $20 a month in my tax-free savings account. I'm invested mm -hmm fund it's just there like great now my cousin in honestly 20 years is going to say tara thank you for 500 grand in interest like yeah yeah you know, seriously give or take this and this but like like set it up pre-authorized where you're not even paying attention to it like it's a bill you have to pay exactly That's, like if you were between 20 and 25 years old you should be going to the bank investing as much extra income as you can a month or weekly even even better compounded and just don't pay attention to it. I don't give a shit if it's $10 a week and you find it on the floor. If someone told you, do you want to be a millionaire in 30 years? You'll find it, you know? Right, right. exactly, exactly. And, I, you know, it's so out of people's sort of box that you were saying to, to even think about, oh, I can be a millionaire like that. that yeah. not me. You know what I mean? Because they think the cars, the money, the, the big business, the this, that, and the other. And it's like, no, like literally... There are, there are people, your neighbors, your neighbors might be millionaires. You wouldn't even know because they, they, they did that when they were younger. And so yeah. I think, I think that's great advice. Like so passive. If you start, if I started doing that young where I wasn't paying attention to it, like, yeah, I invested in some stuff younger and bought my con, whatever. But if I was doing those injections where they were just automatic into a mutual fund, that was like even a comfort growth or like something the bank advised or something that was kind of cushy like mm. medium risk low risk right it would be like they pay so much interest it's just yeah some years it might be three percent other years it could be 25 years like this honestly the average is upwards of 46 percent a year right. per year so it's right. that kind of stuff literally explodes my brain because i would literally try and go to every kid i could and be like give me ten dollars find it get it out of your pocket give it to me <laughs> put it in a, an account for them just to be like yeah. This is what it is. Now flash forward to, you know, you're 35 and it's been 10 years. You now have like X hundreds of thousands of like, mm -hmm. I just, you know, like I get so passionate about people mm -hmm. seeing that it's really easy and it's not scary and just do what you can because all the people who cover their eyes and say, mm -hmm. I'll put this later, you're going to be 45 and wondering about your retirement. And now you have to work twice as hard. Like, yeah. Yes, that's what I, I literally always say that the earlier you start, the easier it is. Like the, you're just 
you'll have less time. You have to do more in less time. And like, yeah. that's so difficult. And like, I, I have people that, um, that are older that are just started getting going and, and I swear to God and you and people people in general hear this all the time I wish I would have done this when I was your age yeah. I wish I would have done this whatever and it's like like why don't we listen to them <laughs> well, that's what I mean right it's like I can sit here we're sitting here and how many people are going to listen to this podcast but the amount of people who are going to go to the bank and be like okay I'm setting I would hope like I when I teach my classes there's usually between like 20 and 30 people in each mm-hmm. class and yeah, I get a lot of messages saying, I've done this and this and this this week. Amazing. I am proud of them for even taking the class and doing it. But, like, that's just one step, you know? Like, imagine yeah. imagine you did that three more times or, like, you revisited this financial health once a year and we did one more thing once a year that bettered your financial health that wasn't stressful, you know? Mm-hmm. The whole point of me talking about setting up the pre-authorized payments and passive investing, all this stuff is then you don't even look at it. Like you don't even notice that you're becoming wealthy, you know? So it's just this whole, you know, and I see a lot of times when I do that calculator in my class, when you expand from 30 years of saving and retirement to 35, the number increases like so much in the last five years. And it just goes to show you the five years earlier when you're young makes such a huge difference. Like it's the same as I told you, if you ask somebody like, would you like to be wealthy? Yes or no? If you ask somebody, do you want to retire five years earlier? Okay, start putting away like the same amount of money, actually half as much money as you'll start at 40 now and you get to retire five years early. Like, why are you doing that to yourself? Like, you know, they think, okay, I need to pay off my student debt. I need to buy a house. I need to get married, have a kid. Then I start saving for retirement. Like everything about, and that's what books say. That's what books say, blogs say, podcasts say, people say. Look, like I bought my first condo. I still had $17,000 in student debt. So many people were like, you're nuts. Pay off your debt, buy a condo. Um, Mm. That condo is going to appreciate more than the $17,000 worth of debt in six months, not five years that I have to pay that back. So like eat it and let me, you know. So people also have to realize there's so many gray areas when it comes to finance too and money management. Like see, I'm rambling now. No, you're you're not. You're not. Keep keep going. Keep going. Yeah. You're so it's just, there's so many gray areas about like when it comes to finance that all of these books that I read or that I read younger or classes or whatever you read like about budgeting online, it's all the same societal structure that says debt repayment number one, okay, home number two, marriage number three, kids number four. Like it's the same as a broken family. You can do whatever the hell you want in whatever order you want. And if you start earlier with the retirement and the last, or you buy the home before, like I bought the home before the debt and I came out on top. Like you just have to be smart and willing to pivot and think outside, like you said, of the box that even the, even the money managers put you in a box. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, like you said, you kind of touched on it. the sort of content that I, I see um, are, are with some respects, these hard and fast rules around finance. And like, I'm a big, like, like life is a shit ton of gray. Like it's all like mostly gray and there's a little bit of white and there's a little bit of black where it's just like, you know right. what I mean? So with money, I find it's the same thing. And I find like, Kate, like, like you said, this, this formula and, and yes, it's effective for, for most people, but there's, there's, there's like, endless amount of ways you can get to to point b from point a right and so you know using leverage 
um, to further your wealth a hell of a lot more than the debt's costing you, right? Like that's some people are just like debt is bad. Like it's right. just this this terrible horrible thing. And I'm like, like nothing's bad, nothing's good. It's it's how you use it that's good or right. bad. And so if you if it's it can be powerful as hell using other people's money to to further yourself. And so um and that's definitely practice. something yeah, exactly. And that's definitely something that I try to um whenever I chat with somebody in the community or people and whatever, it's like I, I always like to bring that, like, hey, listen, like let's not demonize certain right. aspects of finance because like there's power in everything. Right. You can, you can, you can leverage it. My, like so I bought my first place. I was twenty four, bought my first condo. Everyone thought I was nuts because I just got back from traveling that time from Central America. Didn't have a place in Toronto to live, and I thought, oh, instead of renting it, I'm going to buy one. Let's see if I can. Let's see if yeah. I can get a mortgage. Like, let's just try. And then, you know, I was able to. That time, I had to have a co-signer, and I had a co-signer for that. And they they lever tried to say, you have debt, you have this, whatever. I said, yeah, I do. Buying it, mm -hmm. I bought it. People thought it was crazy. Appreciated. I sold it for much more two years later than I bought it. Mm -hmm. Flash forward, I started renting this condo after I sold the other. I rented this condo that I now own. I never thought I could buy it. I'm like, I would love to own this place. It has a sunset view I like. I love it. Like, I'm so grateful. Right. A year later, my landlord says, I'm selling, so get ready to start showing. I made this place look like trash, okay? I made it look like absolute yeah. trash because I'm like, I don't want somebody to buy it. It's mine. I live here. Yeah. So, then I started thinking, I'm buying it. No, someone's not coming here and buying where I live. I'm going to buy it. So right. I made it so that no one could see the house or when they did, they didn't like it or I would sit on the couch like lazy being like, hey, you know, so mm -hmm. that I could buy it. And I, I waited it out. When he didn't have a buyer, I went to my mortgage broker and said, hey, is this possible? You know, he's like, Tara, you still have student debt. I'm like, yeah, like, you have to pay it off in order to get the mortgage. I'm like, no. He's like, do you want me to roll it into the mortgage? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. To <laughs> the mortgage. So, like, there's yeah. so many things. And now I, it sometimes blows my mind that I said I would love to own this, and now I own it. Like, it wasn't even for sale when I said I want to buy this place. And between, you know, everything people talk about manifesting plus being smart with my money plus, you know, having the acumen to, and the balls to go out and get the mortgage, I mm. own this property and then just you know a few months ago I bought a property in more and in Windsor and now I have a rental home and so it's like you know and if I'm honest with you like they still rolled over my student debt and it's in my mortgage so mm -hmm. that student that people told me to pay seven years six years ago now wouldn't have bought one home two home or three places and I would still I would have been so proud to pay off my student debt like that's the, that's the kind of thinking that really bothers me is that it's form of people used to call me crazy because at that time I was young and they didn't know that these strategies worked. Now my family and friends and people who see what I'm doing with finance and, and buying another place, they start to call me crazy less because they've seen it work now a few different times. Yeah. Now they want to know how. Right. You just like, yeah, you, you need to really filter heavy. You can't listen to the good, the bad, like you can't listen to really anything. You really have to have a, a sort of critical eye. And so that's, that's why, like, even even when I'm doing this podcast, I say, hey, guys, like, you know, don't take my word for it. Like, I want you guys to go out and yeah. look at other sources, look at whatever, because at the end of the day, like, not to say that they shouldn't listen to me, but like, 
you know what I mean? Like they, they do your due diligence, understand what's best for you. And, and if that's, if that's paying off your debt first, because you have a lower risk tolerance and you want that, you know, guaranteed right. percent paid off, right. You don't, you don't want to risk the, you know, having the spread there. That That's fine. I get that. That's hundred percent fine. But if you do have that appetite, then like, that's fine too. Right. You know what I yeah. mean? Suitable for you. Like, honestly, just go with what's right for you and smart for you. So my friends, there you have it. Again, really enjoyed talking to Tara. She is full of life and personality. She's straightforward. And so, you know, I really like bringing guests like that because yeah, man, like, let's just kick it real. Like there's no need for fluff or anything like that. Like this is, this is what it is. And so, and I really enjoyed just chatting with her. This week, I'm going to be releasing an episode on banking, you know, some stuff to be aware of, you know, how big banks operate, just kind of some backstories and, and, you know, what to look for in a bank. You know, you literally put all your money with them. You definitely should know what's good. And so I'm going to cover that this week. It's going to be a really fun episode. I say that every damn week, but it's true, man. I don't really have anything else to say. So I appreciate you guys. Have a good rest of your week and I will see you on Sunday. I am out this mother. Peace.